Hey, and welcome to the Aloha Church Podcast. We believe that full life is found in Jesus. And after this message, if you have any questions, please engage with us over social media or connect with us on a Sunday morning. We so hope you enjoy this message. We saw a brother getting rehab instead of more time in prison. Um, Steps of faith paying off big time, big time. Healing from trauma, more faith in God, more joy in their everyday life, more confidence in general. And that's what we find up here on the prayer um, and the prayer team. So we're so blessed to see, he, see and hear those praise reports. But almost everybody who comes up for prayer experiences one thing, and all of them, almost all of them, have to wait. I put in my notes long pause, <laughs> long dramatic pause. <laughs> All major Bible characters waited. Noah waited for 120 years before he saw one drop of rain. Abraham waited until he got his promised son. Moses waited 40 years in self-imposed exile um, before he had the big famous exodus. Most people don't know that, that he was um, waiting in seclusion for 40 years. Um, Joseph waited in 14 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Even Jesus waited. Jesus waited 33 years before he actually was able to step and to fulfill um, his destiny to save the world. And I would say the disciples waited till death to see their best friend Jesus again. So, long dramatic pause. Why, if we know that waiting is inevitable, It's not just inevitable, it's actually crucial to our spiritual growth. Why do we hate waiting? I would say even, in fact, some of us think that waiting is wrong. Congratulations to society, we now have the attention span of a goldfish, so it's countercultural and it's counterintuitive to wait. We don't wait if we don't have to, And when we do have to wait, we complain the whole time, don't we? Yet the Bible says, in Psalms 27, 14, wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Next verse, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. And from of old, this is one of my favorites, from of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear, no eye has seen a God besides you, who acts for those who wait for him. So even though God promises all these spiritual blessings for waiting, waiting is still one of the most difficult things that we have to do in 2022. Here's an easy example for you. Our refrigerator's been broken for about three years. Uh, The water filter pooped out. The ice maker doesn't um, work. We have two shelves that are broken and one shelf that is taped. (laughs) Anybody use duct tape for everything? (laughs) 
Two years ago, we got a stimulus check along with everybody else. So I did a ton of research for a new fridge. I was really hoping to get a new fridge. Um, but unfortunately, everything was back ordered. So we did not ending up, end up getting a new fridge, and we actually had to use that money for car repairs. So I've been drinking tap water, maybe why, be the reason why I feel kind of yucky all the time, and buying like the huge bags of ice from Costco. I promise you, the Costco people are like, why do they buy ice so much? And yes, I go to Costco all the time. Okay, so almost two months ago, I broke down. I almost broke down. Oh my gosh. I almost broke down and got a credit card. Almost, Drew. I thought about it. I was going to sleep at night thinking about what if I just got a credit card to get a refrigerator? But the problem is, is that both Drew and I agreed, well, it was more like Drew agreed that we wouldn't do credit in our marriage. Very smart man. Very smart man. So we have never had a credit card. So if I had not waited and took matters into my own hands, we would have had a biblical size dilemma on our hands in our marriage and lots of discord in our house, which is why I ended up not getting the credit card. Um, so, but the thing is, is that over the years, the broken fridge has actually given us some rewards. Ironically, it's given us an opportunity to practice contentment which we do have those opportunities every day. We just seldom take the time to be content. It also gave us this idea of living within our means, which, which brings a lot of joy in our life. When we live within our means, we have peace and joy. Because waiting brings rewards. Sometimes when we're waiting, we think that God is like in, uninvolved. He's He's abandoned us. We're in this alone. He's no longer there. And we can even be tempted to doubt him. Take control ourselves. Get the credit card. Get the refrigerator. God doesn't care about me drinking non-toxic water. We're the only ones that have been left behind in the world. Everybody else is doing their thing, having their dreams, getting their spouse, all the things. I couldn't think of examples fast enough. And getting what they want, getting what they deserve. When am I going to get what I want? And, and are you even listening to me anymore? Do you even, do you even exist, God? And, and the tantrums roll on and on and on, right? But you know why it's so hard to wait is because waiting requires humility. And frankly, humility is something that rarely any of us practice these days. To wait right requires Humility. Humility leads to joy, and humility leads to trust. Is anybody out there today? Yeah? Okay. Well, I figured, hey, let's do a sermon on, on waiting. Ironically, I didn't have to wait to get the outline to this sermon. I got it in 10 minutes, uh, like literally right before I was going to bed, filled in the rest over the week. Um, let's go to the most fascinating book ever written. Anybody know what it is? Seriously? Yeah, the Bible. Okay. I thought there was going to be like more of a response. This is like an engage. You guys are, are, are welcome to come and, and talk. Well, not come up here. I mean, you could come up here if you want, but let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. Okay. The Bible. Let's go to the most fascinating book ever written, the Bible. Uh, let's see. We're going to do a sermon on waiting. Let's look up waited. Google waited. Let's actually look up when is the first time waited is ever used in the Bible. You could do your own research. You could look up your own thing. In fact, you should. So what do we discover? The first time the word wait is used in the Bible is in Genesis. I have a slide for you. 
The word weight in Hebrew is kavah. The first time this word shows up in the Bible, it was not people who waited. What? It was the waters. It's in the creation story. This is going to get so good. In Genesis 1, 9 through 10, And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered, wait, it was the word wait, together in one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters, the waiting of the waters, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. So in verse 9, the waters followed God's command, and they waited together. What? I mean, that's pretty fascinating, right? Some translations use the word gather, um, but the word kava is waited. And here's the big idea. The waters were gathered together waiting for God's plan to go in action. They weren't just waiting like, they were I'm sure rumbling and like, this is the first time they've ever been water, right? So they're probably like, ooh, look what we can do, waves and stuff like that, right? So they're waiting. And this is exciting. This is God's creation story. This is what they were waiting for, God's plan to go in action. In verse 20, God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. The waters waited, and they were rewarded with a purpose. Do you see where we're going today? Even the mighty oceans bow down to God's timing. So can we. So when you're feeling doubt or you're feeling the strain of waiting, remind yourself, say it with me, even the waters waited, so can I. You want to say it? Let's say it. Even the waters waited, so can I. So that was cool. So that was the one thing. But then I was like, I wonder if there's any more cool things. Like those type of like little nuggets, I love. So let's look at Psalms 37, shall we? It's in the Bible, the most fascinating book in the whole world. Psalms 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret. Those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. The word wait in this verse, in some translations, means wait for it. <laughs> I knew I was going to say that, and I told myself not to say that. The word wait in this verse says, to whirl in the dance. Could you have even come up with a better translation if you had all the time in the world? To whirl in the dance. How interesting is that? We've got some great wedding dancers at Aloha Church. <laughs> We've got some really great wedding dancers. Drew happens to be all-time wedding dancers. People have said, hey, Drew, can you come to my wedding and dance? Drew's a great wedding dancer. Michael Golden, weirdly, is a super good wedding dancer. Yep, yes. He can do the splits. Have him show you outside afterwards. I know, right? Darsha Aldis, incredible dancer. But I would say, right now, after all the weddings we've been to in the last four or five years, one of my favorite wedding dancers is Stacia. <laughs> I'm sure that comes as no surprise to you guys. Stacia is like a comedy routine when she dances. She gets the crowd going. She moves them around. Get out of my way. This is about me. She does like this stuff on the floor, and it's hilarious. And everybody around is watching Stacia because she's so enthralling, right? And that's kind of, when I, when I heard this whirl in the dance, I thought of Stacia because 
as we, as we wait, we're not just waiting and we're immobile. We're not just like, okay, twiddling our fingers, right? Drinking our lattes, whatever, binge watching Netflix. That's actually not what we're supposed to be doing when we're waiting. That can be part of it. There's actually like a greater engagement with God when we wait to whirl in the dance. We're whirling in the dance with him. What are you going to cook up for me, Lord? What are you doing? What do you want me to do today? So there is like a, sometimes we think waiting is some of boringest times of our lives, but actually it can be exceptionally fast in your spiritual life. And I know in my times of waiting, I found the most spiritual and emotional treasure. So as we wait, we wait with three things, a refined focus on God. Number two, we trust that God is working. And number three, hope and anticipation for the future. And those are things that I think of when I think of station dancing. We're totally engaged. We're, we're anticipating the next move. I trust that she's going to make me laugh and entertain me. <laughs> but there are, are many different types of waiting, right? Those were some easy examples and some interesting translations of the word wait to help us when we're waiting in our seasons. But there's some, it, there's, there's some really, really difficult times of waiting, and there's some easy ones. There's several ladies at our Aloha who are pregnant, so we're waiting for their due date, and we're going to have some more babies here. There's engaged couples who are waiting for their wedding day. Um, some of you are waiting on word from the promotion that you were promised. These are kind of fun waiting. Children waiting for Christmas morning. Dane's already put her Christmas list together. Um, and then there's Drew and I, who this week, his mom came to town. This is my mother-in-law sitting in the front row. <laughs> her and Drew look very similar. They look like twins, so you would probably recognize her. And she's been here, she's been here a lot. And she's a great wedding dancer. Yes, a great wedding dancer. Um, so his mom came to town this week. Mom, you're not going to love this very much. So... And she came to town with a present. She gave us a really generous gift, and we waited for three days for it to be delivered. A new refrigerator. <laughs> I know you don't want me to tell everybody that you did that, but she bought us literally the exact one that I had been researching. Just like that, just like that, our fridge problems were solved. We have a gorgeous new fridge. Ice, water, it's amazing. It just got here yesterday, all thanks to Drew's mom and dad. So, so that waiting holds expectancy. I mean, I think all waiting can hold expectancy, but some waiting is easy, but not all waiting is easy. There's waiting that requires a lot of struggle. There's a ton of affliction in it, wrestling, sorrow, despair. Like the family who can't pay rent and waits for eviction like the couple who struggle to get pregnant, the parents who wait for their child to call, my friend who waits on her final divorce proceedings to end, and even my sister who is waiting for the grief of her husband passing to lift just a little bit. And that is a struggle in waiting. And we are not here to minimize that at all. My parents separated when I was a freshman in high school, and I waited for years for my dad to come back, years. <clears throat> they didn't work it out, and they divorced when I was a freshman in college. 
Um, and I was devastated by it. I never thought my parents would get divorced. And my sadness turned to anger, and my anger very quickly turned to rage, and that's how quick it can happen in your life. I struggled with rage toward my towards my dad for years and prayed that God would help me with it. I really struggled. I struggled to be godly. I knew I should forgive him. Um, and I would have like a really good quiet time and be like, okay, I forgot, I forgave my dad. But then when I would go to the holidays, and holidays with a broken family can be incredibly difficult, and then all of my rage would come back. Uh, so I waited for 15, about 15 years to have peace about my parents and peace over my family and my family situation. Um, and that peace actually came during one of the darkest times of my whole life when I got anxiety for the first time when I was 30. And I was a complete wreck. I was a wreck. I was just searching for anything to set my foot on. If you know, if you have anxiety, you're like, oh gosh, whoa, where's the thing? Where's the thought? Um, and. I got my hands on this book called Breaking Free by Beth Moore, and in that book, I was reading it one morning, and I can only explain it as this, that I was reading, and God opened my eyes. Has anybody ever had a situation like that, where just layers were peeled off of your eyes, and you could understand things better? And he opened my eyes to my pride and my self-righteousness and things that I had been blaming my dad for. And it literally brought me to my knees in repentance. I literally sank to the ground because I felt so sorrowful over my sin and that I had spent years in it. And then in an even greater show of mercy in that moment, God showed me my dad as a child. So he showed me my dad's little child face. And that even though my dad was a grown man, that little child was still just struggling to figure out the world and do the right thing. And I promise you, in that moment, I was delivered from unforgiveness towards my dad. And I have never not once felt an ounce of rage or anger towards my dad from that moment but I waited, and some of you have been friends with me long enough to know. I'd say, oh, let's clap that up, sure. I'm happy to no longer be carrying around that unforgiveness, even though I don't think I could articulate that's what I was carrying around. So for some of you, that may be the case as well. Um, but <laughs> I waited 15 years for that. And I didn't achieve any of that on my own merit. I didn't do, any, I didn't do anything to get that unforgiveness, except, except open that book and get on my knees in humility. Submission and humility while we're waiting. And then as I, as I waited and as I got forgiveness, not like a forgiveness would have been enough, but God gave me so many more rewards. He gave me a new perspective on life. I am a completely different person than when I was 14, 15, all the way up into my 20s. I mean, at 30, I changed. He gave me a genuine relationship with him. I do not know that I knew salvation before that, even though I grew up in a Christian home. Um, he gave me the gift of compassion. I will forever be grateful that I see people and hurt for them the way that Jesus hurt for me, and that was not how it was when I was before 30. Yay for 30s. 
<clears throat> and even in his grace, because he's so good and showers us with more than we deserve, because I had been carrying around pride and self-righteousness for a real long time, God then, even after I had the unforgiveness for my dad that I did nothing to, that I had nothing to do with, because he delivered me from it, forgiveness, unforgiveness, you know what I'm saying. Then my dad comes along years later and says he's sorry with this genuine, true repentance. And we have this incredible, respectful, loving relationship. He's one of my favorite people. And I go to him for advice. And I know that doesn't happen for everybody, but God in his grace allowed that to happen to me. My parents didn't get together, but I believe that their divorce caused a true salvation to happen in my life and in the lives of my, of my siblings. So God, through his perfect timing, delivered me from that stronghold. God did that work in my heart, and you can be confident that God is working something in your heart, even if it's been 15 years or 15 minutes. I'm confident of that. Just look around. Be aware. He's doing something. Also, Jesus had to wait. He said several times, my time has not yet come. Jesus had to wait. It's not in my Father's timing yet. He waited. Once you trust God as your personal Savior, once he becomes Lord of your life, once you invite him into your heart and you are a Christian, he begins to unfold his plan for you. He doesn't just sit back and be like, okay, yep, okay, you're going to heaven now do whatever you want. No, he's incredibly engaged with you. He looks forward every morning to interacting with you. He has a plan for your life. It's perfectly suited for you. And to reject that plan, you reject what's best for your life. God's timing and his plan go together. Waiting, timing, his plan. Timing go together. Timing requires waiting. Waiting is totally required in order to, to carry out God's plan for your life. And he reveals that plan one step at a time. But most of us never even consider God's plan. We choose where we want to go to college. We choose who we want to marry. We choose how many kids we want. We choose what we want to do with our money. We want to put it into savings, buy a house. We choose where we want to live. We choose who we're friends with. We choose what we do when we wake up without ever considering what God wants us to do that year, that month, that minute, that day. And then we come to him, God, why did you create me? What is your purpose for me? What would you like me to do with my life? And he says, okay, okay, okay. Yes, now this, because most people are just doing their own thing and the results in our lives are disastrous. I mean, look around, right? There's so many people who've just done their own thing Never considering God, but blaming it on God. And now they're unhappy, overworked, fatigued, confused, frustrated, foggy. And then they cope with all the coping mechanisms, which then get them digging down deeper, right? And there's this huge, empty void because people did what they wanted to do because they didn't want to wait. Is this resonating with anybody today? I mean, I was like rereading this and I'm like, this is such good stuff and it's only going to get better. I promise you. And we don't have that much more. So they didn't listen for God's plan. They didn't wait on God's timing. God's plan has God's timing. It brings purpose to your life and it brings glory to God. Timing and waiting is vital in our relationship to God and the world. Did you guys get that? 
Waiting is essential. Waiting is meaningful. Waiting is beneficial. Waiting carries rewards. Waiting has this e also, not only rewards on earth, but an eternal reward for us when we get to heaven. Don't neglect the waiting. Don't hate the wait. Ah, I just made that up right now. Don't hate the wait. All right, you guys can come up. The van can come up. You're ready. Although, Michael, I know there's a few more slides, so, okay, I don't know, however you want to do it. All right. <laughs> don't hate the wait. Because a just wait from God becomes just wait and see. Just wait and see what I'm going to do in your life. Isaiah 64, 4. Since before time began... No one has ever imagined, no ear heard, no eye seen a God who, like you, who works for those who wait for him. That's a promise. Even the waters waited, so can I. The waters, were wa the waters waited and they re were rewarded with a purpose. That's a tongue twister. The waters waited and they were rewarded with a purpose and that purpose brought glory to God and this is our lives. However, the story isn't even about us waiting, right? We're all part of a story. It's happening around us. It's unfolding every day, every minute, everywhere you look. The story isn't about us, and it's not about us wait waiting. Let's be reminded that the story that's being told is Jesus reconciling us to him so that none would perish. Even God is waiting for those who haven't repented, right? to turn their faces to him. So even God waits as the whole earth moans, is grieving, is in upheaval. God is waiting to bring more people to salvation, to bring more people to faith so that none would perish. Even God waits. That's his plan to wait patiently for us. What? His perfect plan and his perfect timing involved including as many people as he can into eternity, and he waits, and that takes time. Right? Thank you. It's getting better. So if God can wait, so can I. If the waters can wait, so can I. Humbly. But I suggest, I suggest you don't make him wait on you. Just a suggestion. Get your affairs in order. Are you ready to live with Christ at the helm? Give him your life. Let him take control. In the words of Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel. I say that every day to my kids. Jesus take the wheel. And they're like, what does that mean? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Focus in on what Jesus is doing in your life and what he's doing in the world. Enjoy the journey. It doesn't have to be that hard. Dance with him. Whirl in the dance. Don't try to speed through things that God doesn't intend for you to speed through, including suffering. Suffering may be the thing that sets you free. Wait in it. Dig down deep. Call a friend. Get a pep talk. Waiting, suffering, all of it is crucial. God's not dictated by our timeline. God don't care about our timeline. God's outside of time. He's the creator of time. Time is in God. 
So God created light speed. Know what's he knows what's happening in, in every part of the universe spanning 93 light years. Sorry, 93 billion light years across. He's not slow. He knows what's happening. God operates on a very different timeline, if you even want to use timeline as a word there. He isn't constrained by time. He's the father of time. He's the ancient of days. He exists from everlasting to everlasting. A thousand days to us is like one day to God. And he works in all things, at all times, in all places, and in all dimensions to accomplish his purpose. So who are we to question a being like that? However God chooses to use our time, we should quickly say, do, as, do to me as you will. However you want to use me today, God. I only have this broken, earthly, finite perspective, and you have the entire cosmos in your hands. I humbly take whatever you give me, and then we'll receive our reward, which is peace, joy, childlike awe, it all returns to our lives. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That's in 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself so at the right time God will exalt you. We wait upon the Lord because he is God and we are not. So rather than resisting your season of waiting, let's see waiting as an opportunity for life-changing lessons to encounter the real God, shall we? Uh, let's end this time in worship. You guys can stand with, with me. Let's just take a moment and we can wait in God's presence. The prayer team's gonna come up. And if you have anything you want prayer for, and I'm guessing you do after that sermon, come up and pray with us. Prayers are answered the way God wants to answer them. Let's see. Test them and see, okay? Love you guys. You've been listening to the Aloha Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about living free in Jesus, please reach out to us. We hope God spoke something wonderful and life-giving to you today. Until next time, lots of love and aloha. Aloha.